Are we on? Alma? Is this thing on? Is this thing on? Yep. Yvette! Alma! I, I missed, missed you. you so much. <laughs> <laughs> We're idiots. Yeah, whatever. I love you, Alma. It's fine. It's fine. But I did miss you. I know. I did it too. I did 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 too. It's been a long couple of weeks. It has been a long couple of weeks. It's, yeah, it's been a long couple of weeks. <laughs> I know it has. It's been draining and all that other stuff, but we're back to it, so. Yes, we are. On the last podcast that I did with Mario, I kind of mentioned that we were going to put um, pictures of our prototype shirts up. Okay. We'll, we could kind of do that today. Okay, sure. On Instagram. I've been terrible on Instagram, and Yvette hasn't really been able to get on there, so... Yeah, so sorry, guys, but... Any promises we've made, I'm sorry. <laughs> promises, promises. Now. I'll apologize. <laughs> and I'm just repeating what you're saying at this point now, so... Ha-ha. Ha-ha. So, how was your week? It was good. Thanksgiving was yesterday. Yay. Lots of turkey, lots of ham, lots of family. That's always nice. Yeah. That's the one thing that I did learn with uh, all the stuff that I was going to is that how much I missed my family. So I bet. That should have been really nice to have all of them around. Any news? Any shocking news you want to um, say? Oh my God. I don't even know if I should uh, talk about this. But so yesterday was Thanksgiving. Dun, dun, dun. And we're all just kicking back and I'm waiting for my daughter and she's texting me and I was like, hey, who's going to give you a ride? And she's like, oh, I have a ride. I was like, who? Because mom's inquiring minds want to know, right? Right. And she goes, well, we're going to go pick up uh, Juanita first. I'm like, well, who else is coming? She's like, well, tell dad to be nice. Oh, no. I said, okay, why? Because <laughs> I'm bringing somebody over for you guys to meet. And oh, I was like, no. who? And she's like, I'm bringing my boyfriend over. <laughs> Ooh. So I was like, immediately I thought she was joking because Serena, she's just like, hasn't really ever been serious about anybody and not serious enough to bring anybody home. So. Right. And she's kind of a jokester, just likes to get right underneath that skin. and Yeah, she's, yeah. And she's got very dry humor. <laughs> yes. She's funny though. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, and tell Isaiah to be nice too. That's a bigger problem. <laughs> you, you know, you're just going to get some shit from Big Brother. Yeah. So... I mean, Albert took it as as well as could be expected. <laughs> actually, he did better than I thought. And Isaiah, big brother, actually took it worse than I thought. Like he was, he was the one that was mean mugging. But you know, girl, I honestly think that sometimes brothers just take things harder. I don't know. It's a weird thing. I think because they're the oldest, because they got to take care of their younger siblings, especially when they're a girl. Because I mean. I you probably can't even count how many times Albert's lectured him take care of your sister right take care of your sister that's exactly what I mean so he feels that big protector he's the oldest Serena's the baby and they've always been very they all have their little spats here and there but they're also very protective of each other and Isaiah's always been he's been that way since he was really little like even if one of the kids did something wrong and I was like I'm gonna whoop your butt kid and he would literally put himself in Okay, let me just say, I've never, ever spanked Serena. <laughs> I might have tapped uh, Mario's bottom a couple times, but he was just, like, so protective. He would put himself it, literally in between, even as a toddler, as a four-year-old. You're not going to touch my sister. Aww. 
And even oh, Mario, sweet. he'd be like with that that with Mario. So yeah, he took it. He uh, he gave him an extra long handshake that made me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what was said, but oh my god, girl, wish you would have video of that. That would make me laugh so much right now. Just seeing how that boy was a little bit uncomfortable. And sorry, Serena, I love you, but still. That's funny. He yeah, that's was a rite of nice. passage, He was though. very nice and he was very respectful. So that's a ri- we, but that's kind that of a rite good. of passage. Because, like, I remember when um, I had my first boyfriend go and actually pick me up at my house. My grandma just, quote unquote, happened to be having a get-together. So he had to go through a line of about 10 Mexican men looking at him like, where's Yvette going? Who's this guy? Blah, blah, blah. He had to pass by them, intimidating, knocking on right, the door. Right. And I'm like, stop. They were like, who's that? And then you just hear them just talking a mm-hmm. bunch of shit in the background. And I'll never forget that. He was so beat red. He was just so intimidated. It made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> you took a little bit of pleasure out of that. Oh, I did. It was funny <laughs> as fuck. Oh, yeah. I've missed you. Tink, tink. Ding, ding, drink, drink, hold up, therapy. We had our therapy session a little bit early, so yeah. um, if we sound a little bit like vented, it's because we have been. We actually got our first, oh, hold on, I'm Yvette. I'm Alma. And we're Tipsy Tales. Hello. Hello, hello, it's Friday night for us. Yeah. So we actually got our first fan present. <laughs> My beautiful friend Kelly actually brought us some wine from California. Um, it's a Paseo Robles, 19, 1931. No, I'm not that lucky. But <laughs> I was like, damn. She don't love you that much. <laughs> no, I'm please. No, but sip this thing. So anyways, it is um, from Chateau Leteau. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's called <laughs> Stiletto. <laughs> I, I, I guarantee you. <laughs> I don't know what Leteau. <laughs> my left toe or my right toe? <laughs> I'm gonna say it's a toe. <laughs> Whatever, Alma. So it's uh it's what's well, stiletto? Stiletto? It's a oh my god. I was actually looking, so I'm totally sidetracking, but um I was actually looking at a murder. Some girl in Texas actually killed her man with a five inch stiletto. That's that's some real shit. That's you, some real imagination right there. You wanna take a guess that she was Latina or not? I'm gonna guess that she was. She really was, so Oh my god. <laughs> But anyways, so... You're giving us a bad name. Yeah, I know, right? We're nice sometimes. We are nice. We make red tamales. Oh, girl, that's what I did yesterday. Everybody had Thanksgiving. I'm like, bah, humbug Thanksgiving, because, you know massacre and natives and stuff so i know now it's evolved into thank being thankful for what you have and right. it's all about family and it's not about that original um whatever but anyways i just i'm not a turkey person let's right. just put it that way i don't like turkey i'm not a big mashed That's potato what it comes person down to. and so and not only that but i'm literally by myself almost every thanksgiving so my daughter talia was with me we decided we were gonna start drinking at like one-ish <laughs> And making tamales. Um, so that was our tamale giving? Tamale giving? You didn't even bring me any. I know, girl. I thought about it, but I was racing because I had computer problems. It yeah, was an I issue. Heard, I heard a computer almost died today. Oh, my God. The computer almost died today. <laughs> but anyway, so we made some tamales. And then at the end of the night, I'm like, you know what I want to watch, Talia? And Talia's like, what do you want to watch, Mom? And I'm like, I want to watch The Last Dragon. <gasps> She's like... I don't think I saw that. I'm like, you've seen it. Your brother's seen it. Everybody thinks he's weird because he likes that fucking offshoot movie. But it's I my love that movie. Same. So I sat there 
John Connery is the voice of the dragon, right? Is that is no? That the I one? think we're the wrong talking to. No, Wait. girl, this is done by Barry Gordy. So we're so okay. city there. I'm confused. Okay, I have a confused look on my face. <laughs> so I'm sorry, so, I'm like backtracking into my catalog of movies here. Hold the, on. Okay, so anyways, um, <laughs> Barry Gordy. So Talia, Barry, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, Talia's like, so Talia is getting herself another drink. And of course, you know, the guy, which I'm dying because I don't realize that his outfit um, is actually uh, football um, pads. Okay, I know what you're talking about. So he's like, so these tribe of people, they're like, who's the meanest? Show enough. Who's the baddest? Show enough. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sitting there drunk and screaming, show enough. And Talia's like, is that the good guy? I'm like, nah, but he got a real good tagline in here. So I watched the whole thing, the whole thing, waiting for that last part, you know, when the lasers of he's all like turning red and glowing. Right. And um, Bruce Leroy's like going to turn golden and, and they're going to start <laughs> battling. Right. I shit you not. Like two minutes before that scene comes out. I'm out asleep, snoring. I you was were like all so hyper and mad. all of a sudden you're just like... Oh my God, I was so upset that I woke up at the end. And I'm like, motherfucker. And I sat there and rewinded it. And Sergio's like, is that movie over yet? And I'm like, come over here and watch it with me. And so, yeah. We're like, we are the last dragon. So I've been seeing that all day. I was wow, thinking that was um, a lot of air. dragon heart. Oh. <laughs> It's not the same. Okay. Last Dragon was okay. (laughs) I didn't like it that much. I didn't like it that much. It was all right. (laughs) So anyways, back to this wine. My apologies. So back to this wine. It's a stiletto. Um, It's called Stiletto by Chateau Leteux. It's a vintage uh, 2013. It's a Tempranillo, uh, dominant grape of Red Roja. So I think from what I understand is that the actual grapes are from Spain and then grown in California. District, Paseo Robles, um, 14.3% alcohol, which is a full 1% higher than what we normally drink, Alma. No wonder we're So you know, I'm just saying. So medium body wine um, presents a soft note of vanilla, violent, vibrant violet. (laughs) I don't know. Now that you told me the story about the stiletto and I'm looking at the picture of the stiletto here. It's a violent stiletto. It's a violent stiletto. It could be used as a weapon. I'm not going to tell you how, but I'm sure you could, you know. Uh, floral um, aromatics. You smell any floral in there, Alma? Sure. I smell wine. <laughs> <laughs> so on the palate, bright fruit. Um, these grapes want to be blueberries when they grow up. So it is kind of sweet, but it has a little bit of tannins in reality. It, the tannins are a little bit harsh. So not harsh, but they're more present, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. So um spicy note on the finish and the art is asuami de no i'm playing <laughs> so that was Cute. a wine and again thank you so much kelly for bringing in thinking of thank us thank you kelly it's so, delicious whoop, whoop. kelly kelly well cheers to you cheers all right with that being said um i did go hiking this week because you know had to take the edge off kind of emotions were around right present so i went hiking when was it wednesday night and you know i've said this on my on the podcast before i'm petrified of snakes so here i am going down the thing and this girl stops me and she's like 
hey, just be real careful on the side over here. There's a snake. And I'm like, what the hell? And she's like, calm down. It's, it's a little snake. And I'm like, what? It's a, it's a snake? Girl, it's a little one. Just stay on that side of the trail. It's probably more dangerous for you to react to it than the actual snake. So I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. So I was literally going to turn around and go to my car. I'm not even playing. I am like petrified. So I'm just like, stop it. Stop it. Just put your headphones on. You probably pass by a hundred snakes, but you don't know. Music's too loud. You just keep on cruising. Just watch where you're stepping. I have, I literally ran that flat part where I have to get back on the mountain because I was going up my second time Right. with my ass clenched so tight, <laughs> running <laughs> down the trail. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I was scared, man. I was like, I was all like, <laughs> snakes and i'm like <laughs> and i'm just running as fast as i can so the next day my, i was so sore from running that small little quarter mile as fast as I, it was probably more like 800 feet but so right. whatever i'm gonna say quarter but anyways um i ran so fast through there i was like <sighs> i was scared i'm not gonna lie <laughs> I just have a visual of you clenching your butt cheeks <laughs> while you're running. Girl, it was, I'm sure it was pretty comedic. I'm not going to lie. Oh my God. And then everybody was jumping here. It was just, ah, ah, ah. But I was trying to get through People that. People were probably like, the okay. hell is she wrong with her? probably has Tourette's or something. <laughs> She's special. Oh my oh God. Oh my God, I sure Yvette, was, man. I have missed you. <laughs> That makes me. (laughs) (laughs) Shit happens to me, man. I'm just saying. Hey, it happens to me too. Yeah, it does. It does. Twice. (laughs) Rattlesnakes. That's too many. Twice too many. You got it. In my lifetime. I never want to see another rattlesnake again, unless it's behind glass. Same. No, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I'm not even behind glass. Behind glass, I'm good. So that was my, the other day. And then I got up and went hiking up the next day and Sergio's trying to convince me, it's cold, baby. They're inside their holes. They're not coming out. I'm thinking to myself as I'm hiking, you're lying. You're totally lying. (laughs) But I did lose six pounds. Totally gained it back yesterday after all the masa and uh, alcohol I consumed. So same girl, same. Because we had turkey, we had Um, ham, we had all the fixings, mashed potatoes, um, gravy, pumpkin pie, apple pie. Pozole, tamales. Ooh, who made the pozole? Um, my tia. Mm. Yeah, Yoli. She makes she make the, good pozole. Oh Your mom gosh. kills it in pozole. Yeah, Yoli makes really, really good. It's super spicy. Super I spicy. Was, I think I had something else to mention. Nope, that's it. Ass clenched. <laughs> Hiking. Was that your Was that your side note on the side of the paper? It Ask was my clenched. side note. Yeah. That was going to remind you about your whole story. Oh, yeah, yeah. What do you got for us today? What I have for you is my story is going to be on the Beast of Jersey. Have you heard this one before? Um, I think I've heard about it. Okay. Not New Jersey. The Jersey Beast? Sure. Something like Ish? that? No. Well, okay. I'll, I'll go and you, you let me know if you heard okay. it. Okay. Okay. And then interject whenever you want. So I'm going to start off with my thanks to a true crime enthusiast because I pulled up three different websites, but I pretty much pulled off of them. I think they have their own podcast as well, but this was actually in written form on the website. So lots of info. Check it out. 
to get on with it. So we're going to start on Valentine's Day in 1960. 12-year-old boy wakes up in the middle of the night to find a man wearing a distorted rubber mask standing over him watching him sleep. Ew. The man puts a rope around the boy's neck, leads him outside the window to a near- nearby field where he rapes him. Okay, we already started with the rape. Yeah. Ugh. It's not going to get any better, just to let you know. Okay. So, we're going to back up a little bit um, and talk about where they're at. Jersey is actually an island um, near the coast of Normandy. Um, there's, I guess, some English channel. In the English channel between France and England, there's a, a few islands there. One of them, the bigger one, is called Jersey Island. Uh, they said that the island is less than 45 miles square with about 100,000 inhabitants living in and around that single town. So it's not a real big place. Um, they say it's beautiful, um, great weather, scenic views. I mean, it's an island. In 1957, a 29-year-old nurse waiting for the bus was attacked by a man who was wearing some kind of makeshift mask over his face. She was dragged into the field, um, beaten and then sexually assaulted. Four months later, on March 20th, another woman walking home from the bus stop was attacked the same way. Rope around the neck, dragged out, raped. Um, Two months later, um, in July, another woman walking home from a bus stop, same MO, same thing going on, dragged to the field and raped. So then this guy goes into hiding. So he's gone for a while. So over a year later, um, in August 1959, a young girl was walking home. Guy, it's his MO. He, he puts a rope around their neck, drags them out to a field or somewhere remote and rapes them. Um, another 28-year-old, um, that happens to the 28-year-old girl about a month later in October, she was able to actually fight him off, um, enough for him to actually give up and move on. But still, it's, it's, it's the attack either way. So as um, they're reporting these um, crimes, the detectives are starting to notice that the same characteristic that these girls are describing about this man. They said that all the victims do agree that he's about mid-40ish, about 5'6", that he has an Irish accent. Some of the victims describe the attacker as wearing like a robe, a rope or a cord around his waist, and that he often restrains the victim by tying their hands together. Um, all of them state that he smells um, musty, Ew. like a musty smell. So coupled together with the pattern, with the pattern of ropes, the smell, and the and the fact that the um, this the guy is actually using attacking these women using a specific rope, they start saying he's a serial attacker, and then they start calling him the Beast of Jersey. Okay. Does this sound familiar no. to you at all? No, okay. no, no, no. I'm thinking something totally different. So, 1960, the attacker actually does all this, then completely changes his MO, okay? So now he's inta- he's attacking actually inside rather than outside um, while these girls are waiting for the bus stop or walking home, whatever the case may be. Um, he also changes his preferences of victims, too. He now um, goes to more younger children compared oh, to that. Okay. And so that's where the beginning of my story had actually started with that young 12-year-old boy, Again, he was asleep at home. He was woken um, by a man who actually climbed through his window. He had this distorted um, rubber mask and a woman's wig. This is what he wakes up to. Um, he had a rope placed around That's his neck. Got it. I have pictures. You just wait. Oh, my God. So, actually, I'm going to show you that right now. Of course you are. You ready for this? Uh. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's nightmare fuel right there yeah 
That's the freakiest shit I've ever seen. I, I agree. I'm not going to be able to get that out of my head now. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh my God. God. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because that shit is freaky as now, hell. If I saw, if I woke up and saw that over me in the dark, I'd what probably fuck, right? just die of fright right there. I'm, I'm, girl, I'm with you 100%. So back to this little boy or this young boy. He would again let outside raped and then um, about a following month a 25 year old woman walking to the bus stop was offered a lift by a man who said he was a doctor and he was just on his way to go pick up his wife okay so she thought eh, he's older you know he, he he can be trustworthy he's picking up his wife for god's sakes so and i guess especially in this point in time the um place being so small she i guess this happens quite often people offer people rides and it isn't that big of a deal right so she accepted got into his car and began to notice that he was wearing um a a cap a trench coat and gloves um but i i couldn't quite understand how she didn't but maybe she sat in the back seat or maybe it was just he didn't have a light on but she couldn't see his face because it was so dark is what she was saying oh okay so um, as soon as she starts putting one and one to equal two together, I guess he pretty much presses on the on the gas and just starts hauling ha- hauling ass with her in the car. He eventually takes her to a field, overpowers her, beats the shit out of her while there's st- while she's still in the car, drags her outside of the car. Again, because it says M.O., he rapes her, then he puts her back into the car, um, and so. When he put us in the car and he's driving, she manages to open up the door and jumps the fuck out that car. Wow. Um, and then runs for help and have, run for safety and help. But he he managed, obviously, to get away. She didn't, she couldn't really describe him except for he had a trench coat, he had a funny hat and whatever. So then, um, and then that same month in March 1960, so a 43-year-old mom and a 14-year-old um, daughter, they live in a cottage fairly isolated from probably the rest of the town. And the phone rings about about 12.30 and she picks up the phone and she and somebody hangs up. And she's like, oh, okay, whatever. So she just, so she goes back up to bed and about an hour later, she hears sound downstairs. She started, um, when she goes downstairs to investigate, she turns on the light and then somebody turns it off. Oh my God. And when she, she, then she realizes that somebody's actually inside the house. So, um, by the time she reached the bottom of the uh, staircase, her and this guy attacks her. They start going back and forth. Um, he's asking her for money. She, she, you know, she's trying to reach for the phone to grab it and, but the phone lines are dead because he completely cut the, cut the phone line. So she can't call a police or anything like that. Um, and so, so they're going back and forth. He's demanding money, threatening her until he actually hears a 14 year old daughter upstairs voice asking what's going on. He immediately lets go of the woman and runs towards the, the, <gasps> the girl. Oh, my God. Mom's seen an, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's she's, she's actually seen um, a, a time to escape and to go get help. Right. Leaves. By the time she gets oh. back, her daughter's not her daughter's like brutally raped and, and beaten. But she's still alive. And again, right here, it notes that she actually took a chance to, to flee to get help. But again, she was hor- she was just horrifically raped when, when she got back and stuff. So it was, which is his signature. Um, again, never caught. So at this point in time, is there like, is it out in the media? Like, we're, and we're actually like, getting, I mean, panic? I'm pretty sure it is at this point. Probably not as much as they want, as, as it should be. But I, I'm sure it's out there. And people are probably panicking. They're terrorized. Because again, you got to realize this is a couple years in the making where he takes, like, he took a year off people forget think he's gone and then he just shows up again right 
I'm like, what a dick. But, you know, period, what a dick, but goddamn. What a monster. In April, a 14-year-old girl um, wakes up in her room to find a man wearing that, again, that strange-looking mask, um, and she just started screaming. So they didn't really elaborate on this website, um, and bear with me because my cop was having a bunch of computer issues. So I'm not sure if she was attacked or maybe her screams actually scared him to go back the fuck out the window, so... In July of that same year, an eight-year-old boy was abducted from his home by a man wearing a raincoat, put that same rope around his neck, took him out, raped him, brought him back, and then left him on his doorstep. So he hasn't really killed anybody up until now, right? Right. Okay. At that point in time, nothing. The, to, from July on to the rest of the year, there's no more attacks. Um, but then again, starting the beginning of the following year in February, there was an attack on a 12-year-old boy. Um, again, same exact MO. Then an attack on an, an 11-year-old boy in March of that same year. And then another um, 11-year-old girl in April. So he's just like monthly at this point in time. So the attacks at this point have been going on for three years. And the Jersey police, they just can't catch him. I mean, they, they don't have enough evidence to find out or to even have a suspect. Although they people did think it was this one guy, which it totally wasn't. Burned down his house. I mean, literally like ran oh, him wow. out of the uh, like of justice. the island. He ended up going to a complete other island and living in an exile, even though he was never the person who did it. But... I mean, people panic. There's a lot of their kids. I mean, I'm not saying it's okay, but I don't know, man. What do you do? Well, you wait for the law to deal with it. (laughs) Yeah, but it's been three years. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not condoning what they did, but damn. I mean, I I don't know. (laughs) I mean, if they really thought that's who it was and and that's what happened. It's that mob mob mentality that takes hold and everybody's just like... Let's yeah. deal with this now. No, and I totally agree. And I agree. I believe that the law, sh- if they, if he was a viable suspect, I think the law should have actually arrested him and questioned him. But again, they took it into their own hand. Right. Now, I don't know what they, why they thought he was a suspect for whatever reason. You know, he wasn't. So I right. feel bad that he had his house burnt down and shit like that. So, so at this point in time, they actually um, summons the help of Scott, Scotland Yard. Because they just, they can't find anything. The first thing is they actually ask everybody in this um, island to, I guess, be their own detectives of sort. Or just start paying attention to what's around. You know, take notes around the surroundings. If you think something looks suspicious, let them know. Because again, they have, there's no clues. There's no nothing. Except for these descriptions. So they did put it out in the media that the attacker always struck at night at around Moonlight weekends between the hours of between 10 p.m. and 3 a.m. He appeared to have intimate knowledge of the island, particularly eastern areas. He was again described to be about 40 to 45 years old, 5'6", with a mustache and a medium build. Again, they bring out that he's usually described as wearing a low thigh-length jacket or raincoat that actually gave off that distinct smell of mustiness, a a cap, gloves, and his face was always covered either with a face mask or a scarf, covering like the lower part of it, so you just only kind of, I guess, kind of only seen his eyes. Right. And of course, that fucking freaky-ass mask. Oh my god. They said he carried a torch with him during the attacks and that his methods always followed a very distinct pattern. His victims were selected carefully and the usual method of entry was usually through a bedroom window, which freaks me out in itself because it feels like you can't even sleep safely. So they said once he's inside, um, victims are usually blindfolded, tied up with their, you know, tied with their hands, tied with their hands, tied 
hands tied up, that each case a rope was placed around the victim's necks and they were taken to a near field um, and then obviously raped and then sometimes just returned home. The, they said that the assailant spoke a lot during these attacks. They said that his voice was described as a soft, as soft in an Irish accent and they had mentioned various times a wife a dead mother who had died of um, alcohol. They said that he mentioned he had killed before and then often made a point of saying that he had dropped either his cigarette or his lighter, which I was like, huh? But okay. In each case or in just like... In a lot of different cases or maybe, you know, so, but it's all, they're all as clues. So they want to make sure they're letting everybody know. They said that every man on that island was looked at. Um, All men with criminal records were actually um, questioned, interviewed, but they still just could not find who it was. The intervention of Scotland Yard was effective into the effect that that the attacker actually, there was no attacks during that time and for two full years at this point. But but come around April 1963, he returns attacking a nine-year-old boy. And then, and then in November of that same year, an 11-year-old boy, and then he's just gone again. But then he comes back six months later in 1964 in July, attacking a 10-year-old little girl. A 16-year-old boy followed in August, and then he stopped, and then there was no more attacks again for two full years. Oh, wow. So it almost seems like he's just fucking with people at that right. point. Um, and then, of course, the hunt dies down after two years of just Or maybe quiet. does he go to jail or something? Well, you or... know, I think people are also like... I mean, you remember being in Arizona and having those serial shooters. If it if there was a pause at any at any point, you're like, oh, maybe they're just they're not gonna do it anymore, or right. whatever the case may be. They just died down after two years. People probably thought he left, or or whatever for whatever reason they're thinking. So in 1966, the Jersey police receive a strange letter from an author claiming to be the Beast of Jersey. The letter says as follows: My dear sir. I think that it is just the time to tell you that you are just wasting your time as every time I have done what I always intended to do and remember it will not stop at this but I will be fair to you and give you a chance. I have never had much out of this life but I intend to get everything I can now. I have always wanted to do the perfect crime. I have done this but this time let the moon shine very bright in September because this time it must be perfect. Not one, but two. I am not a maniac by a long shot, (laughs) but I like to play with you people. You'll hear from me before September and I will give you all the clues. Just see if you can catch me. Yours very sincerely, wait and see. Another oh, letter. I was thinking that same thing oh when my God. Um, you're like, oh, I was dying when you and um, Mario were talking about how dramatic. <laughs> so I was thinking was. that when I was like, oh my God, the drama, right? He's so into himself. Like, right? I'm going to commit the perfect crime. So he's like saying in September he's going to do something else. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So, so before September. Yeah. Okay. So just as he said, August 1966, a savage rape on a 15-year-old girl, um, as the letter had promised. Um, the attack mirrored the previous ones. The method and, and description was signature of the beast. But this time there was a new detail on the attack. There was strange, long scratches, regularly spaced and always parallel, um, were found on the victim's torso for the first time in any of the series of, of rapes and attacks. Really? 
That's weird. Definitely. Because he seems to change it up quite a bit between putting long pauses in between his attacks. Following this attack, there then remained the longest lull in the series. So there were no more reports of attacks for the remainder of the decade. So that means he went four years without any other attacks at all. Wow. But come August 1970, when a 13-year-old boy was awakened in his home by a torch shining in his face, the beast made the boy get out of his bed, took him to a field at the rear of his house. He then placed his raincoat on the ground, made the boy remove his pajamas, and then raped oh. him. The boy was returned home and raised the alarm um, and raised the alarm the following morning in the morning because he just seemed to be kind of disheveled and not quite right. He ended up telling his parents that he was threatened by his assailant to remain quiet because if you tell somebody I'm going to harm your mother and your father. The boy was just, like I said, distressed, disheveled, like you can poss- I can't possibly imagine right. what that poor boy was going through. Um, and he offered a description of what happened um, that, again, mirrored everything else that the beast had been doing up until that point. This time, another new thing is they're saying the young boy said that the man had black spiky hair and a terrifying mask on which again was the one that I showed you. The boy also had the same scratches on his face and the and his body as the same as that girl who had the long um, scratches on, on, their tors- on her torso. So again, the majority of the um, island's interview, nearly 30,000 people in all um, were spoken to looking for this attacker. But again, he wasn't caught. So the night of July 1971... As a routine night shift for Jersey police, um, Rod on patrol, around 11.45, um, they pulled up to some traffic lights when a small car shot right past them at super high speeds, jumping the lights and driving just completely erratic, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the officers immediately were like, what the fuck? And they just started chasing him for, for miles. Right. Um, during the pursuit, they said the car, uh, sideswiped, um, several vehicles. He was on the wrong side of the road. He drove down footpaths, um, just super, super going super, super fast, just trying to shake off the police. Right. Finally, um, the car ends up crashing through a hedge and then came to rest in the middle of a tomato field. The two police officers chase the suspect on foot and, uh, they eventually tackle him down. Obviously he, the attack, the driver struggles, but but he was actually lost my train of wording. What? Let's try that again. Lost my train of thought. No, couldn't speak. What did we say earlier? We can't word today. We can't word today. Today is a difficult day to word. <laughs> word. So, word. word to your mother. <laughs> word to the motherfucker. We out of here. No. So, anyways, um, so he struggled, got tackled. They arrested his motherfucking ass. As they arrested him, they didn't even realize who they even had in their possession. And it turns out that um, this dumbass actually thought the police was a barricade, so he freaked out, just fucking started hauling ass. Oh, so he was like paranoid. Yeah, well, yeah. In the light of the police station, they clearly saw how the man looked and how he was dressed. They said that he was wearing an old raincoat, which overwhelmingly smelled musty. The raincoat had one inch nails protruding from both shoulders and the lapels of the coat. And he was wearing cloth bands around each wrist. And then again, they had one inch nails um, protruding out. Oh, so, for me, it kind of reminded me like um like punk rockers. Remember, he used right. to wear those little little things with spikes. Oh, okay. Obviously, not nails, but with spikes. But that's what it reminded me a little right. bit of. Them. They said he was wearing old trousers tucked into his socks, carpet slippers, and woolen gloves. And so when they asked um him to take his shit out of his pocket because you know 
suspect. Right. Um, they said that there was a small torch, which I think they mean a flashlight. Right. With black tape covering the front to provide only a narrow shaft of light so he can control that lighting. Two lengths of rope a peaked woolen cap, several um, empty cigar packets, rolls of adhesive tape, and a black wig with stiff, spiky hair. Oh, yeah. Suspect as a motherfucker. As as mounting suspicions, as they say, I'm like, that's him! Arrest him! <laughs> Arrest that's that man! <laughs> um, then when they actually, the suspicion was like, yeah, we've got our guy. When they removed the final item from the raincoat, and it was a homemade, horrific face mask. Oh my god like i, I wonder, showed you that shit is okay, fucking creepy as hell was that before michael myers because that like that mask kind of reminds me of michael well, i think myers this is the 70s bit. so i think halloween didn't come out to like 72 yeah i wonder if that was inspiration somehow barry could have easily been wow that was a lot of words to say just one thing <laughs> again now it's too much words <laughs> the man was his name his man's name that they caught was edward john lewis paisnell a native Jersey man who came from an affluent family. He was 46 years old, a building contractor well-known throughout the island. He was married with um, a, a married with a daughter and two stepchildren. He was married? He was married. Ugh. Right? Ugh. Imagine how his, ugh, yeah. his wife must have felt. The only criminal record he had is when he served a month imprisonment during the Germany occupation of that specific island during the Second World War for stealing food to distribute to starving families. I I don't understand. (laughs) I'm at a loss. Um, His wife, Joan, had run a foster home for children called La Preference and met Paisdell when he helped out as a handyman there. The children knew him as Uncle Ted, who always had sweets and gifts for them played with him and, and dressed up as Santa Claus every year to distribute presents to the kids at the home. Paisnell actually married Joan in 1959, but the marriage um, just kind of went up and down. It was, an, it was shortly after the couple's daughter that they ended up kind of living, being married in name only. He okay. ended up building himself a little yeah, he side office, right, you think? Motherfucker. Um, motherfucker, motherfucker. So... <laughs> <laughs> he built like a little side cuartito um room uh-huh. okay so but that was his it was an office and it had a large sitting room and he just he just started living there you know because him and his wife were having those lulls all right that's that's what we'll call it okay um well, he was just a psychopath, so... Fuck yes. So they said he was considerate overall, a kind and considerate man, with good with the children. Um, so was Ed Gein. Yeah, that is true. That is absolutely true. Um, they said he... Uh, but he had this childlikeness to him that he loved to roam. In the middle of the night, he would take these long walks or he'd go fishing randomly at nighttime. I'm like, that motherfucker was not fishing, nor was he um, taking long walks. His wife said sexually she considered him to be normal, and if anything, he had a, a low sex drive. Although at the time of his arrest, Paisnell at least had one mistress. Ugh, okay. Time, is it barf time? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. So when questioned about his strange apparel, he was asked to explain his actions on that night. And you want to guess what he said? He, he, you want to say what he, guess what he said? What did he say? He said he was on his way to an orgy and he had to borrow the car to get there to avoid anyone seeing him or identifying him on the way there. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> fucking weird. Like that's that's your that's your alibi. Excuse. Yeah, he you're was on your way leaving. to an orgy. He was running. He was fully in like, full who, speed. Who the fuck says that? I'm, I'm just who saying. the fuck does the things that he did? But that's just. 
so weird. Right. Like that's the first thing that popped into your head to say. Oh, yeah, I was on the that's way to a long list of weirdness, right? <laughs> okay. You can't even give them weird because a lot of weird people are pretty cool. This motherfucker is just insane. Well, not really. He's fucked up, but whatever. So they said that the nails in his clothing were defense. It was a defense mechanism in case anybody tried to do martial arts on him. Yeah, because uh, Bruce Leroy's on his tail, man. You know, there's a lot of those people out there ready to do martial arts, aren't you? Shown up. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, he did actually refuse to say anything about the mask or the wig, but they actually noticed that he had adhesive marks on his face to where he had put it on so it wouldn't fall off. They they matched it. I mean, they're like, mask, tape, marks on your face. Motherfucker, you guilty as Okay, was fuck. there a crime just recently at that, in that time frame right there? Because, like, why does he have adhesive marks on his face unless he just did, did something? something? Maybe it may have been the case. I, when I was looking at it, either that or maybe was he trying some shit? Did he get spooked? Because, I mean, I'm sure there are certain um, circumstances where he probably was sneaking or maybe he put a mask on, but maybe they hadn't completely gone to sleep, had to take it off. Who knows what the fuck was going on at this point oh in time? God. Okay. They didn't specifically say they right. linked it to anything recently. So, okay. So they said that they locked him up. Um, they went to, they locked him up. They went to his home, obviously search warrant and all. And um, what they found just kind of shocked the fuck out of him. Are they really shocked at this point after what they've found in his pockets and stuff? I don't know, girl. Here it comes, though. It says okay. his bedroom, his little secret cuartito, um, had a locked secret room that he had built that nobody knew it's about. never good when there's a locked room. From the outside, right? Right. Mm. They said um, after opening it, they immediately smelt that funky, musty smell. They said inside the room hung several items of old clothing, including a blue tracksuit, an old raincoat, um, homemade wigs, hats, and false eyebrows. So no wonder and nobody could really give a definite description because he's fucking the master of disguises at this point in time. Right. A blue tracksuit from <laughs> It reminds me of like the 70s, right? But it really was the 70s. Big gold number, but a blue suit. <laughs> That's gross. Big gold chain. (laughs) (laughs) So they also said there was a camera hanging on a hook and several uh, photographs of various homes. There was also several items of black magic paraphernalia, a homemade altar, a sizable library about the occult, and black magic rituals, a very large carved wooden sword hanging on the wall. So there was no doubting now, as if there was any right, doubt right, at all. Right, right. <laughs> they got their man. So um, he was eventually charged on 13 counts, um, including rape, indecent assault, and sodomy against six victims, uh, with all but one being a minor, which I'm like, that was a shit ton of minors. That, yeah. So... Yeah, I didn't quite get that either, but all right. Um, Maybe just wasn't enough evidence, maybe? I I couldn't tell you why. It's just all fucked up. His trial in November 1971 revealed an obsession with black magic and some some, um, guy in like the 1400s, Gilles Zeras, and I guess he was like uh, a serial killer back in those days. Who the fuck knows? I was going to look him up, but lost interest because fuck him. So, anyways... (laughs) 
So, um, and then he, because, you know, he was, he was so into this guy, um, that he said that he, he was a descendant from him. That's, that's why he was so obsessed with the, the way was this guy. Was he really though? Who the fuck knows? Or I, I don't think they delusion. even gave two shits either. So, but whatever. Um, they said that during his trial, it was shown how he pre-planned his attacks. He actually took pictures of the houses, earmarked them as targets to attack children, sometimes years in advance. Um, he explained how he knew which room to go to, how not to disturb the occupants, and how to access the property. So he really played the long game with yeah. a lot of these. Yeah. They said they kept he kept these photographs of, uh, of his uh, pictures of these homes for trophies. He actually faked an Irish accent while committing the attacks. He would drop cigarette packets and randomly just gave misleading um, clues to these victims to, so that way they could run to the police and Right. He wasn't a smoker. Obviously wasn't Irish. But he was musty as hell. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody has that one towel that you just, you've like, it sat there for a little bit too long. And you're like, the fuck is that smell? And that was just his everyday odor. Mm, yeah, I mean, apparently. people, I mean, he went to the grocery store and people were like. A lot like, of those everyday smell, but I think that he would, he actually had that. Would he put those jackets and stuff like that oh, on? Yeah. It was just in ingrained in there it and was from just, his special room uh, that's not good yeah they said that when he was talking that he was actually um boisterous 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 we're called boisterous sorry about his crimes um having and he was all talking about how he wrote that letter to the police the the mask was designed not only to disguise him but to inflict terror on all his victims as well well yeah that's that fucking, that fucking freaking it frightening freaked me the fuck out um, they said the nails in his raincoat were played in such a position to injure somebody who was trying to grab them. So if you're trying to push his shoulders off or grab his wrist, you're going to stab yourself with right. these nails. Um, then obviously he would be easy for him to get away if he was interrupted. They also said that he was actually one of the 13 men in the island who had refused to give any fingerprints during the search. What was actually a right of Jersey residents at that time, which, you know, civil liberties. Don't you think like, but... The people that refused, wouldn't you make it a point to research those people? Like, start investigating those people first? There's 13 of them, maybe. I mean, was the police task force not enough? Was it just not enough right. clues, not I enough mean, it's evidence? A small you know what I mean? It's a small like, island, probably a smaller who knows police what the force. resources were. Yeah. So, um, on November 29, 1971, it literally took 38 minutes to come back with a guilty verdict from the jury, which, ooh, go on, jury. They said that uh, he was taken away to await his sentence. Um, he stood in the same courtroom two weeks late. Wow, I can't speak. I'm not wording very well today. It's the wine. He took in the same court two weeks later and stood while they sentenced him to 30 years imprisonment for his monstrous crime. Which I'm like, really? He should have got life for that motherfucker. But I guess they only charged him with the, what, the, what they charged him Wait with. A minute, Six back up. victims. Did you yeah. just say how many years? 30. Okay. How they many? don't have the death penalty? I don't think so. Maybe not at that time. But okay. I don't think that would... He didn't... If he, well, didn't, he kill didn't kill anybody, anybody. so... So, um, he was then taken to um, Winchester Prison to begin his sentence. So, he was released in 1991. Um, after being a model prisoner, uh, he returned back to uh, oh, the island of Jersey. That. However, um... He goes back to New Jersey? Or to Jersey? To, no, to Jersey. The OG. Not- <laughs> um, however, the... The, the peoples don't like him there. <laughs> they don't want him there at Yeah, well, I can't all. imagine why. Um, they eventually fucking Did were they like, burn his house get down the too? fuck out. 
I think, I, yeah, I think they probably burn everything down at that point. He eventually moved to the Isle of Wight, which I'm assuming is right close to it. Maybe we he, can send him to the moon. Right? I'm saying that'd be better. Like, um, here's your uh, oxygen mask <laughs> with no oxygen. <laughs> um, he ended These up tanks di- are full. Right? <laughs> Quote, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> The good thing, though, is he eventually dies in 1994 of a heart attack. Well, Although darn. I think that's too good for him. He should have lived in solitary, rough. Yeah, I think it heart attack Being is sodomized fine. daily. As long as he's gone. Yeah. He's gone off the face of the planet. So, since his death, there has been unsantiate, un- unsubstantiated. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you for wording that for me. <laughs> that um, he was actually involved in the child abuse concerns in the notorious Haut de la Grigny which I know I butchered that up, children's home. So it looks like his mother-in-law and his wife actually had a home for children. Right. So um, papers that were released during the independent Jersey Care inquiry into this facility um, said that he was a regular visitor there. He had previously heard evidence, that they had previously heard evidence that he prowled the halls and the rooms. And again, like I mentioned, it was run by his um, mother-in-law and his wife in the 60s. In his terrifying mask. A former resident of the home in the 1960, who only wants to be known as Mr. D, gave evidence. I know, right? Okay, I'm just going to leave that one alone. <laughs> How you want to say it? I want to say it. Not what we're reading this All right. story. So Mr. D gave evidence saying that Paisnell had on a numerous occasions crept into the home at night through the windows dressed in a raincoat gloves and use chloroform to drug children and remove them from their breads to abuse in his signature fashion okay how this guy knew that he was doing that at, he was young i think he was at that home oh at that he was one of time. the kids yeah um in the 60s so i was gonna say he's like he's definitely a pedophile because he has a penchant for boys and girls yeah doesn't even care i yeah so um this is a statement from mr d says one night i was asleep and i felt a presence in there and it was paisnell standing there staring at me he had some kind of mask on the paisnell the paisnell house was so eerie when we were doing the outer buildings you would see cats strung up and you would actually see him strangling cats I couldn't stay there any longer. I always sensed that Mr. Paisnell was evil. You just sensed that something pure evil was going on in that place. However, despite any allegations made against him um, in relationship to the uh, abuse, none of it was included into the initial inquiry when they were looking at these um, sex at sex crimes into this when there's sex crimes at this home. The police file said that. There was no firm evidence to actually link him to any of the abuse um, falling within that home and its parameters of their investigation. So that is the Beast of Jersey. And again, creepy motherfucking mask. I don't want to see that anymore. This is actually the spikes that he made. Oh, that's crazy. And this is a motherfucker. Ew. Right? Because his face is ugly enough. I'd almost rather see that mask. Right? Freaky. Yep, that is no bueno. Oh, hell no. Uh Uh-uh. That's horrible. I never heard that story ever before. (laughs) I was thinking along the lines of, like, the paranormal, like I do, like, the Jersey Devil. Right. And that's a whole different... Yeah. But that's that's, New Jersey, I'm sure. Yeah. This is Old Jersey. Old Jersey. Original Jersey? Uh, So, sorry, but, yeah, that happened. That that totally happened. And now I'm not going to be able to watch that visual from my... (laughs) For my brain right now. I saw that mask and I 
completely freaked the fuck out. Can you imagine waking up in the middle of the night? No, no. Just the visual. No. I don't even like dolls. That. No. Uh Uh-uh. That's, these poor victims have to have that visual in their mind for the rest of their life. Yep. On top of what they endured. Yes, ma'am. Yuck. That's a lot of therapy. Fuck that guy. Right, we need more wine. Fine. Fine, fine, fine. So, makes my, makes that girl doing the stiletto killing not seem as bad as this guy. Although she did murder him, so still bad, um, but still. Yeah, well, she was an actual murderer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh Cut that out. <laughs> Apparently, I was just talking to talk right there. Hey, Kelly, this wine is delicious. Thank you. Thank you again. Yum, yum, yum. Yum, 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 Oh my god. So last week when Mario and I were in here doing this, all the dogs came in. Oh, I bet. Usually it's just Shorty in here with us. But all of them, like we started the podcast and then they start whining at the door. So one by one, I'm getting up and kind of letting them in. And then he's sitting there telling a story and all I can hear is Shorty like gnawing on Chico. Like she's, it's just like, nyah, nyah, nyah. I was like, oh my God, how's this going to sound in the podcast? <laughs> so if anybody heard that, I'm sorry. <laughs> it can't have been any worse than what I just did right now. <laughs> meow, 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 meow. Meow, meow, meow. I had to take a big swig. Oh girl, I feel you. All right. There's my no right way to transition, but hey, no, Alma, what's your story? My story is in Alaska. Okay. And what inspired me to do this story was that um, watching our stats. Okay. And we got like 30 hits in one day. Okay. And they were all from Alaska. Really? I was like, welcome oh, wow. Alaskans. So somebody in Alaska is listening to us. Hello. Or a couple somebodies, at least. So, anyways, I started looking for an Alaskan story. It's not a big story, but it's interesting. You know, before you um, go any further, do you ever watch um, The Flash yeah. or The Arrow? Yeah. Did you see this last few episodes? Of The Flash? Yeah. No, I haven't. Like, I wait for the whole season to go. That inspired me because there's this creepy ass villain in it, mm-hmm. has a freaky ass mask, mm-hmm. and like contorts his body. Freaked me the fuck out. Like, bad. That's the way, that's why I was like, what's a mask, you know, murderer? And that's when I found this. Oh, that's what inspired your yes, story? Yes, ma'am. Ugh. Okay. Well, I probably should have said that to begin with. <laughs> I'm like, where's she going with this? Like, You're like, I know there's something. <laughs> Deciphering like... it. All right. So it's a short little story. Um, it's about the Buckner building in Whittier, Alaska. Okay. Um, it's about 58 miles southeast of Anchorage. Um, the town of Whittier sits on the western edge of Prince William Sound. A little bit of background about the Buckner building, and I got this from Wikipedia, or actually on the town of Whittier. It was once part of the portage route of the Chugach people native to Prince William Sound, and then later the passage was used by the Russian and American explorers and by prospecting miners during the gold rush. The nearby Whittier Glacier was named for the American poet John Greenleaf Whittier in 1915 and the town eventually took the name as well okay during world war ii the united states army constructed a military facility um, complete with a port and railroad near whittier glacier and named the facility camp sullivan okay the spur of the alaska railroad to camp sullivan was completed in 1943 can you imagine doing a railroad 
Imagine doing a railroad through Alaskan territory. No, because it's like literally the last frontier. No shit. And, okay, let me just tell you, I went back and forth with a couple of stories. Okay. I was like, okay, there's a few Alaska stories, and I want, there's a something known as the Alaskan Triangle, which is very much Ooh, like the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle. Triangle. I've gone through there. And I really wish I went with that story, but I was so deep into this one that I had already like committed myself to it. So I was like, okay, but I am going to do that one next. It was very, very interesting. I'm just, I always get excited because I'm like, I went through the Bermuda Triangle and lived. <laughs> <laughs> when was that? When you guys did your... Uh, Bahama trip. The, okay. Yeah. That's right. All right. So the Spur of the Alaska Railroad... Um, to Camp Sullivan was completed in 1943. Okay, I said that. And the port became the entrance for the United States soldiers into Alaska. Okay. So you know what's going on in 1943. It's World, World War um, II. Yeah, World War II. Two things about Whittier that are very interesting. The only land access is through the Anton Anderson Memorial Tunnel. And I was actually really uh, watching a YouTube video about this. This, is, this tunnel is a multi-use tunnel. Trains go through there. Okay. It's literally a one-way tunnel, and it's the only way in and out. So, That's insane. Like, they have, like, this very complicated set of uh, light systems. So, at some point, people are coming in. The lights are letting people come in. Okay. And then the lights are letting people flow out. So, it's you have to wait, and then when the trains go, no, nothing else is going in or oh, out. Oh, wow. That's insane. Yeah. It's so insane. So How that's big the, is it? Only, oh my God, did I write that down? The town is in the northeast shore of the, no, it doesn't look like it did. Okay. Anyways, the town is in the northeast shore of the Kenai Peninsula at the head of the Passage Canal on the west side of Prince William Sound. It is a 50, it is 58 miles, 93 kilometers southeast of Anchorage. Um, the second interesting thing is that there are two great big giant buildings in this town. Okay. There's not a lot of, uh flatland to build stuff on okay the first building is a buckner building which i'm going to tell you about more in a little bit and the other one is the baggage towers which houses pretty much the entirety of the town's inhabitants there's really yeah 200 and something inhabitants in this town oh it's tiny then and most of them live on this 14 story building interesting the baggage towers so so um, did they build the towers first and then they like if we build it they will come no i think um the towers were probably part of the original installment which was a a military building okay and the towers actually house was like kind of like house some of the soldiers as well okay so and then now it's like a condominium okay anyways all right hey you know what reuse recycle i'm all about that totally it's just weird because okay i will get into that okay but it's like the it's it's like a town unto itself because it's like so cold there's like a school a hospital st- grocery stores churches everything's in this building oh wow and kind, kind of the original building, the Buckner building, was kind of the same thing, but on a military level. Okay. Okay, so also these days, Whittier is, for the most part, a port of call for the cruise ships. All the cruise ships stop here at some Chill point. Chill there. Yeah. So on to Buck- the Buckner building, which is, by the way, haunted. Oh. Of course. Ooh, uh, 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 
The building itself is currently abandoned and has been since about, about 1966. It was named after General Simon Buckner, who died after commanding the defenses of Alaska early in the Second World War. Um, he was stationed in the Pacific Theater and he was killed in the closing days of the Battle of Okinawa. He was the highest ranking U.S. military officer to have been killed at the hands of the enemy during the Second World War. So that that's interesting. Um, the building was completed in 1953. And I think uh, building on it started like late 1940s. Okay. Pretty much at the height of the Cold War, it was it was built to withstand a bomb attack and house as many as a thousand soldiers. And I also read somewhere. So I think at some point it was like about 1,200, 1,500 soldiers. Okay. Lived there at one time. But in an emergency situation, 30,000 people could be um, put up there. Wow. Yeah. In case an army was to invade. And like I said, it was during the Cold War. So we right. were like literally waiting for the Girl, Soviet Union. We were waiting Union. that through the 80s, right? Right. <laughs> Up until that wall went down. It's You remember having those drills or... Right. Oh, yeah. Or being scared or... Just being afraid that like we were going to be attacked. You know what used point. to scare the shit out of me? What's that movie? Um, All the the Russians attack. Why can I not remember it right now? The Russians attack Patrick and it's Swayze. like a... Yes. Yeah. Um, I can't that think of That always scared me. I don't know what it was. Wolverines? I know there are Wolverines, but... Right. God, I can't remember that movie. Somebody out there who's actually no They're screaming is probably it screaming at us right that now. movie right now. Yeah, sorry. We can't word today. <laughs> um, We're going to blame it on the wine, but... For sure. We know it's... That's just it's our just general disposition sometimes. Um, Anyways, yeah, I, that was one of those movies that literally like scared the shit out of me because I really thought the Russians were coming. We're gonna to get attack us, us and yeah. everything. Oh, insane! But you know, Patrick Swayze, right? Back then. I was like, okay, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go with you. Did you ever see the remake? Oh uh, yeah, it wasn't that great. I don't know. Did man. you see it? I saw it. Well, Thor was Thor. in it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's see, Patrick Swayze, Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth, Swayze, Crims. Okay, Hemsworth. Thor. He, he wins. He totally wins. Thor. Did I get? Oh my God, Thor. Thor. <laughs> did I see with the lisp, or did I? <laughs> Thor. Thor. <laughs> That's okay, because I always say tho. God damn, that movie's gonna drive me crazy. I'm. Oh, go ahead. Well, your I'm cell phone right, right there. I do. It's like a little computer in my hand. Google it. Google it. Google. All right. Anyways, there was a movie theater, a bowling alley, and also its own jail. There was, um, I think it pretty much had its own hospital, grocery store, all those other things. Okay. Um, it was referred to as the city under one roof. The building is six stories tall, about 500 feet long by 50 250 and then 150 feet wide and is pro- approximately 275,000 square feet. You know what that kind of reminds me a little of like a little of like an apocalypse an apocalypse time where everything's inside cuz right. it's you know too dangerous to breathe the atmosphere. And if you just see a picture of this building, it's very like just gray and monolithic and okay. then there's like a huge mountain, icy mountain behind it. So it's just like is very like imposing over the city like or over this town like this big monolithic gray industrial looking building and a drab and yeah it's just 
I have a picture, actually. Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Hello. We figured it out, guys. <laughs> ding, you don't ding, have to ding, keep ding. screaming at us. We found it out. Oh, that's interesting. Let me see. That is really interesting. Super like drab. That. It is super drab. It looks gray. Even though it's a black and white photo, it looks very gray. Oh, yeah. Even the color pictures, are, it's pretty much it's just the gray. same color. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very much different. Anyways, in 1964, Whittier was also affected by the Alaska earthquake, which lasted approximately three minutes. There were 13 deaths associated with the earthquake, and the building itself was slightly damaged, but was greatly minimized by the fact that the foundation was set into bedrock. Wow. It operated for a few more years, um, up until about 1966, and then the military pulled out of the port of Port Whittier, and the building was transferred to the General Services Administration. And then from there, the ownership of the building kind of transfers owners and ownership. And then I think like the town purchases it. So it pretty much just falls into disrepair. Okay. For the next how many, 30, 40 years. Which most buildings do when they're not. Yeah. Being... And so it's taken over by the elements. Um, I think in the 80s, the windows were all broken out at some point. Those are harsh was... elements, though. Yeah. I, and I'm not really clear as to why all the windows like were broken out in the 80s. Like It sounds like it just all happened. Like... Well, that picture you're showing me has a little bit of graffiti, so it kind of yeah. makes oh, you yeah. wonder if it like, was... Yeah, all the pictures, like... They... Every, like, surface that hasn't been corroded or deteriorated is pretty much all um, graffiti. taken Graffiti, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You know, it's Friday night. <laughs> but our energy levels went, We're like, ooh. We're going to blame it on the wine. Sure. So this is, nowadays, okay. almost every room has about an inch deep of water flooding the floors and is laced with laced with asbestos. Oh, wow. Well, that makes sense for yeah. the time that it was built. Yeah. Mold and mildew, everything inside and out has been broken and vandalized. People aren't particularly allowed in, but until recently, there was nothing really stopping anybody from um, going in and doing the whole urban decay like yeah the spelunk out. is a spelunking right no why do i keep these saying spelunking for spelunking something completely different but it's not that i know what you mean spelunking is caves <laughs> fuck i don't know why i keep on thinking that's like the um rogue adventuring of old buildings that you could die because you know ceilings fall and shit right you know, and that's actual... pretty much what a lot of people were doing in here in fact What's the word I'm looking for, though? There's a word for that. I want to stop saying spelunking. It's urban something. It's not spelunking. <laughs> but you got Google right there. I do. But that's that's a lot to type out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's just get down to the ghosts. All right. Anyways, there are a number of people living in the town who have experienced, um, have had experiences here. Who are not willing to recall them because they have been so terrifying to the individual. Perhaps living in the town means you will have a much higher chance to experience more powerful power manifestation. <laughs> I'm just getting dramatic now. Uh, <laughs> you gonna write a letter? Snap. <laughs> Seems to be the theme of our last two podcasts. So <laughs> I'm gonna write a letter. I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna write a letter haircut, and I want to speak to your manager. You need a haircut to write a letter. <laughs> Anyways, I just want to write a letter, man. Don't cut my hair. <laughs> you just can't I'm even right now, can you? Straight face. <laughs> All right. Experiences. Ex- <laughs> experiences range from orbs and 
floating white lights moving through the corridors all the way to full on apparitions of people dressed in war uniforms and also civilian clothes. Really? People have experienced a heavy It wasn't presence. a hospital, was it? No, it was a military barracks, basically. Yeah. But there was a hospital in there. Oh, okay. It makes more sense now with the dead soldiers. Well, there was the earthquake, too, and 13 people perished. Oh, okay, or that's some, right. There's a heavy presence that some people have reported feeling while in the building. And then some of the most notably haunted places in there are the jail um, and the mental ward. Room three on the right side of the hall on the mental ward in the corridor right before the jail is especially haunted. The the entity will reportedly only allow certain people into the room. If it doesn't like you, the door slams shut and will lock from the inside. Oh, fuck no. No, thanks. (laughs) I don't want to sign up for that. Fuck no. There's also a little girl reportedly um, wandering. Yeah. Wandering the... Hall's crying oh. on the third floor. That um, in itself would drive me insane. And then also, someone got an interesting EVP um, that was shared with the hosts of the Fun Employment Radio, uh, Greg Nibbler and Sarah X. Dillon, by their friend Bob. That's still, there's not really a last name given <laughs> um, on their Who YouTube you? channel. And there's also a podcast. So there's two different voices. One is female and the voice. And I listened to this okay. earlier and I debated whether I was going to share it on here. But like, I know the sound quality isn't going to be so great. Okay. Um, but I probably will share it uh, on our. On IG? Well, maybe on IG, but I'll definitely share it on our. Um, website. Website. One of the voices is heard saying Bobby and that one because they said there was other people that were in the building as well so there's a possibility that that and it sounded really far off okay so there's a possibility that that might have been those people it was somebody that's like Bobby and then um there's another one that says what's your name oh no yeah oh no and this when one they start like asking voice. questions freaks me out yeah and then one very clearly says fuck me oh oh fuck me that's no good you kind of makes you wonder what was that person's last uh, comically like, and it's not like comically it's but it's like was haunting, it like was it's something over falling? and over yeah it was something falling he's like oh fuck me when you know that there's there's no way out could be you never know especially like if there was an earthquake so maybe it was a victim of the earthquake who knows and then also like i mentioned there's like the other building in town it's about 14 stories and this is like it's it's basically a condominium where the whole town lives okay um baggage hall the apartment building where most of the town lives has its own share of stories as well and this story i got from reddit it says most to do with soldiers still roaming the halls, some whistling. That's what they say. Someone will be walking alone at night when they hear footsteps behind them. But when they look, nobody's there. Oh, that's no. when the whistling starts. Oh, no. I'm like, I got to move. <laughs> Not now, but right now. Um, There's another ghost that is heard stomping up and down the stairs. Oh, that gives me chills. And it kind of sounded like all 14 floors. It sounds like it, it's not it's like not just one, one floor. Yeah, it just kind of is just like up and down the stairs. Because he goes through all 14 flights. Yep. It's a tired ghost. He's like, <sighs> one more, one more set stomping of is a little dramatic too. <laughs> He's like, this is energy. bullshit. I am like doomed to roam the halls of this fucking place. And it's like 14 stories high and I have to go up and down these goddamn stairs. Right? Every fucking night. It's like, it's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> that sucks. And then one of them is hungry. He or she once rattled around the kitchen of the city manager, Bob Prunella. By all accounts, a rational man. He went as far as to reach for his gun before he realized it was just a ghost. Oh, okay. 
because I'd still grab my gun. Yeah, and that's pretty much the limits of the stories that I got. Like I said, I was like, I really got into the story, and it seemed like it was going to be a big, giant story, and then, like, it was really hard to find, like, experiences. So um, one thing that I do have to say is it is private property, and they discourage people from going in there and um, exploring around. Like most places do that are in Because it's a very dangerous building. Yeah. So just FYI. And I guess, like, um, the height of, like, people exploring, somebody, two guys actually skied through the halls. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's funny as hell. Did they fall? Yeah, I guess they posted it on, like, YouTube oh. or something. So they were like, oh, no, no, no. This is, we're just, like, gonna put a fence around this place. Nobody's allowed in or out of here. Well, they did that to PIR here. If you remember, not PIR. That other, um, Rayhound, no. The, I know the what dog you're tracks. Yeah. yeah the, the one we were... We We're talking about, about a few episodes ago, yeah, that yeah. they demolished. Yeah. I know there was a guy who would take beautiful, beautiful photos of abandoned buildings. A lot, um, I want to say Midwest or, or some of the, where the industrial parts had just kind of did just decayed and stuff like that. Right. And during one of his shoots um, of him just going, because he would just get up and go, um, one of the ceilings actually fell on top of him, killed oh, him, wow. and they didn't find him for the longest. So. I think it's like urban exploration or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think you're right. Something like that. Where people like to go into these abandoned buildings. And I think some of the abandoned buildings are just like so amazingly, like just beautiful. Yeah, like the way I that agree. the, um, that nature's just taken over. Oh, I agree. I think just the styles. I think the architecture. I don't, right. I think that we don't make things like we used to. Right. We don't have as much detail. Sometimes there's not as much appreciation in regards to... Because when they made stuff back in like the 20s and the 30s... They made it to last. Yeah, they did. It was American-made, believe me. You had the fucking stamp of approval. And that was with everything. Just like those fans. Okay, so you buy a fan now. It lasts for a year. You got your warranty. After that year passes and the warranty is up, that fan is like, fuck you. Yeah. I'm done. But I see these fans from like like the 50s and those things still work. They're like built to last forever. Yeah, girl. Um, I have this old, well, I had up until probably about a year ago, um, an old ass dryer from the 80s. Okay, so it wasn't even that long ago, but they still build stuff fairly decent. It was kept on truck and outlasted, like I had it off to the side, outlasted like another dryer of mine right. that I had gotten that my aunt paid a bunch of money for and she I decided like she wanted to side to side instead. Because it's like about money. It's like they yeah. build them so that, you know, you well, have to Well, they're all a bunch of plastic parts that are moving. Right. That's Look true. at our cars. Right. All these brackets, they're not even, they're not even aluminum. They're literally plastic. They're meant to break. So right. you just got to go over there and continue to buy. Exactly. That's a whole other podcast. We could just sit here and bitch about that shit all day long. <laughs> Albert will come in. He'll join us. He'll join scoot us. Scoot us out of the it. way. Exactly. We're like, apparently this is the Albert show today. Yeah. Welcome. No, but yeah, I guess they're, they basically discourage people from going in there. So just, I just want to put that out there. It's yeah. not, it's not a safe place to explore. Um, there's lots of pictures on the internet that people have already taken pretty cool pictures. And I'll probably put some up on Instagram, of course, when, um, the podcast comes out and also on our website. So that was go. my story. Was, it was very short and sweet to the point. I like it. But we already kind of went over an hour anyways, so we're good. We're good. We're good. We're wine. We're chill. It's Friday. Yeah, we're going to continue drinking right now, right? Hope all y'all having a good uh, weekend. <laughs> you didn't answer me. What happened? I said no, we're going to continue drinking. Drink 
she okay, says maybe through her more. little I'm not sleep on your couch. Eyes. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Well, I'm glad you're back. I am, too. I missed you. I missed you too. I think I think that's pretty much it for tonight. Yeah, it's definitely it. Great wine, great conversation, laughing, great stories, silly. Um, fun. Yeah, I'm gonna have nightmares about that mask. That mask is not the business. We'll post that on IG um, when it comes up next Tuesday. Anything else? I think that's it for today. I feel like I have so much shit to talk about, but um, I keep on forgetting. I did mention that we just we probably have like one more episode that we're gonna do. Right, and then we're gonna take a break. We're gonna take a break in December because we got lots of stuff going on between yes, the ma'am. two of us. So and then we'll be back in January. So Ooh, just fresh, heads refresh, up, heads up. Fresh, fresh, fresh. Yep. And lots fresh of new stories. Clean, clean. Oh. All right, you guys. Thank you guys for joining us. You guys have a great oh. week. Ooh, what happened? We hit a thousand. Oh, a thousand Woo-hoo. downloads. A thousand fourteen, actually, you. to be exact, right now. Thank but, you to everybody who listens. Yes. Alaska, if you know about some more abandoned, uh, haunted buildings, or send even your if you stories. have more stories about the Buckner building, um, or the other building that I was just talking about, or you want to make some corrections about stuff that I read, just let interact me know. with us. We love yeah. it. Yep. Be Hit nice though. ish all right all right you guys have a good night thanks for joining us i'm yvette i'm alma this tipsy tales good Good night. night hey guys thanks for listening to this episode of tipsy tales music by jesse pesqueda artwork by sergio hernandez and if you're listening on itunes please don't forget to rate and review thanks